After being introduced to the importance of wonder in our lives this past summer, and particularly in our relationship with God and how important it is uh, to remind ourselves of how significant it is for us to be open to mystery and wonder in our relationship with God and how it impacts our own spiritual ability to be sensitive to the realities of how God has designed us to experience life in the world that he's created. And in talking with our staff and our church leadership over recent weeks as we've been preparing for and anticipating the launching of our new ministries this fall and getting back into this school year, I want to share with you today that I believe that God has been preparing us for some new things that he's wanting to do in our midst here at Faith Covenant Church in the weeks and in the months ahead. But I also believe that some of the things that God has planned for us that he's wanting to do are in some ways going to be somewhat mysterious and might be more than at this point we are able to imagine. Together, in fact, I believe that the staff and the leadership teams have come to believe that God is inviting us to focus as a church uh, on a single larger theme for the ministry year ahead. We haven't done that before here, and so I want to take some time today and and this month of September in our kickoff season, we're going to be talking a little bit about this idea of having a a single overarching theme that we're going to be able to kind of come back to periodically through the year that God might be using to help us begin to prepare for maybe what it is that he wants us to begin to understand that he's doing among us. And, And that theme is going to be beyond belief. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10 says, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived... The things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Let me read that for you one more time. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. I believe that this can not only be a theme verse for us here at Faith Covenant Church, that God is inviting us to begin to to think about and to prayerfully consider how we might begin to live into together in this coming ministry year. But, But I also believe that if we even now start to begin to imagine, if we begin to start to think about uh, the end of this ministry year, if you begin to picture what uh, it might look like at our semi-annual celebration next June 2024, as we look back and we begin to remember and tell the God stories of this past year, that this verse might take on a whole new significance and meaning for us because of how God brings it to fruition in our lives. Now, in the larger context of this passage where the Apostle Paul is speaking here to, in, in the first letter to the church in Corinth, he's speaking to the, the Corinthian Christians. He's speaking about the importance in the church of the understanding that there's a, there's a wisdom 
that can be learned among those who are mature, Paul says, that comes from a deeper understanding of what God has actually accomplished in Jesus. And what that then means for those who who are a part of this community of believers, this community of people who are on a journey with Jesus as as his disciples, as those who are learning how to live life together, as those who are following Jesus, and how to pursue this lifestyle of what it means to be the church together, to be the ecclesia, those who are the called out community, which is what the church really means. It's not a building on a corner. It's a community of people who have been called out to a different lifestyle. And so if you go back to see the larger context in chapter two of first Corinthians, he says in verse six, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are, of, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Now, if you've been with us through the summer of wonder, we've been talking, especially last week, about God's grace and how God had planned from before time began and the whole purpose of creation is that he would ultimately reveal who he is through his son Jesus and that he was a God of love and a God of grace and that's a part of why he even created us to begin with was to reveal that part of who he is. That's part of the mystery of creation is that God wanted to reveal who he is and that grace is his gift to us. He goes on in verse 8 to say, None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, part of what Paul is telling the people in Corinth here is that too often it can be easy for us in the church to start to think that church is something that we can do or something that we're supposed to do or should be able to do in our own human wisdom and strength. And that's really kind of what got the Corinthians off track to begin with. And they started to take pride in their own ability to do church. But when we start to think that way, we too can start to get off track with with what the gospel message really is all about. And we can start to, to make our own wisdom and our own strength the main point rather than having the true focus be on the wisdom and the strength that God has revealed with which Paul says he had planned to reveal before the creation of the world, which was demonstrated in the death and resurrection of Jesus on the cross, and then was revealed by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which he has given. And so without realizing it, perhaps Paul is saying to us today, we can start trying to do the spiritual work of the kingdom of God with the human tools of this world. 
And maybe that's part of where we've gotten off track in the church in America or in the church in the West is that in our, in our abundance and in our ability to, to have all of the wisdom of this world to bring to bear on the kingdom of God and the work of the church, we've thought that we could do it in our own wisdom and our own strength and that maybe we didn't really need the power of God anymore. We can do it with our own money, and we can do it with our own skill, and we can do it with our own energy, and we can do it with our human personality, and we can do it with our human charisma, and we can do it with our human character. We can do it with our popularity, and with our events, and with our programs, and we can do it with our institution of the church. Not even realizing, and perhaps even unwittingly, that in the very process of building a successful church organization, we've completely cut out the presence and the power of God. All the while, Paul says, continuing in verse 12, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, as we here at Faith Covenant Church, along with every other church in America and probably every other church around the world in this season, continue to explore, what does the future of the church look like in our day? What's the future of the church going to be in this post-pandemic, post-modern, and can we even honestly say post-Christian society in which we now live? I want to suggest that there's a growing sense that what the people out there in the world who don't know Jesus need, which is really probably what we in the church also most desperately need ourselves, is not more of what the world already has to offer, simply wrapped up in Christian language with Christian branding and in Christian packaging. What people need to see and to hear and to taste and to touch is what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And so in talking together as a staff and with our leadership team here at the church over the past few weeks and in seeking to discern where God is leading our church in the future and in the year ahead, there's been this growing sense that God is calling us to come together in new ways, in more significant ways, in more intentional ways, 
in order to better discern what does it mean for us to to do the real spiritual work of the church in discerning the mind of Christ that is among us through the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work so so that we can be to one another in more significant ways, the body of Christ in the world. And so as we come together with the intention of allowing the Spirit of Christ to do His work among us, we believe that the Bible tells us that God will reveal the plans that He has for us and for our church. And that as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, that He is able to do immeasurably more than anything that we could ever ask for or imagine. Do we believe that? And we see this happening in two ways. First, as a combined leadership community, the staff and the leadership team is starting to lean into one another in new ways. We see these as not two separate teams, but as two teams that need to partner together in a much more intentional way. And so we're seeking in the year ahead to be more united in our shared leadership and ministry together. Number one, uh, by continuing to lean into our annual team building retreat that we do together every fall. This is something that we've done in the past, but we're going to continue to lean into this as a part of an ongoing process of understanding that we need to be sharing our hearts and our minds together. But even more significantly, we have come together to start an annual vision and strategy process that that is a part of how we are coming together to say, God, where are you leading us as a church? What are the things that are working? What are the things that are not working? In, in, In terms of the kingdom values that we're pursuing, God, what are the most important things that that you want us to be pursuing? And how can we be investing the wise stewardship of our time, talent, and treasure in the best way? And then how can we get then begin to share that with all of you in the congregation so that we can be working on that together? And that's something that as a staff and a leadership team, we have now committed to doing that together on an annual basis and bringing that to you so that we can be partnering in that. And then out of that, we've also committed to to doing what we're calling a trimester missional dashboard review. And that may sound a little corporate, I don't know, but it's really more about this idea of at least once uh, once a trimester, three times a year, taking a pause and saying, how are we doing it following through on this? Are we following through on our commitments that we've made to God and to the congregation to be pursuing God's mission in this place and to holding ourselves accountable to that? And then as we shared with you at our semi-annual meeting this last June, the leadership team is going to continue to lean into uh, reading and discussing this book, Discerning God's Will Together, because uh, we want to continue to, to know that this, the role of this team is to be a discerning body together. Not just to be a decision-making body, but to really be listening for the voice of Christ and to be following the will of the Holy Spirit. So those are four ways that the team is seeking to work together. But secondly, we see the staff and leadership teams functioning in more direct partnership and shared ministry with you all, not as these separate entities that never communicate or never interface, uh, where you all are always wondering, well, I don't even know who's on the leadership team, and I don't know when they meet, and I don't know when they're, what they're discussing, and we're not even sure what's happening, right? I mean, that's not really atypical for most churches, and we hear that a lot here. But staff and leadership teams are going to be partnering together with the congregation in ministry in more intentional and specific ways. And here's a few ways that we see that happening. 
One, I think most significantly, is I have really felt like the Lord leading me to open up those fourth Tuesday disciple gatherings to be a regular, excuse me, gathering for the whole church. I really feel like there needs to be a place where we all as a church, if you are on a ministry team, if you are a part of a disciple group, if you are in a, a, a Bible study or in a life group, there needs to be some place where we are coming together on a consistent basis to, to say, here's what God's doing in my life. Here's what God is doing in our ministry. We're sharing God's stories. We're, we're receiving some input from the leadership of the church to say, here's where God is wanting us to go, and here's how God is shaping us. And so we're going to be opening, opening up the fourth Tuesday disciple gathering starting in October, so we're going to have a little bit of a runway here. But I would love to say, if anybody is committed to being on the disciple journey here at Faith Covenant Church, I'd love for you to put forth Tuesdays on your calendar and try and make it a priority to be there. We're going to worship together, we're going to share God's stories, it's going to be intergenerational, and we're going to do everything possible to make it as easy for you to be there as we can. We're going to provide dinner for you, we're going to have child care, all you have to do is show up. And the hope is that God's going to do something amazing in that time because of our willingness to commit to one another, and that over time, people are going to want to be there, right? You're going to want to bring friends because you're going to say, oh my gosh, you got to come because you're not going to want to miss what's happening. But at minimum, the staff and the leadership team have committed to be together on fourth Tuesdays and to seek God's presence and to pray for his spirit. And I said, if nobody else shows up and the staff and leadership team are there and praying for God's spirit, what could go wrong with that, right? So we're going to be there and we're inviting you to join us. And so put fourth Tuesdays on your calendar and we'd love to see you there. Additionally, um, we are committed to be on the discipleship pathway, and you can hear more about that as you be, uh, go through the Connect Fest today. The Connect Fest is all about discovering ways that you can connect with the church. We've been saying for years, discipleship isn't one of the things that we do here at Faith Covenant Church. It's the one thing that we do, and everything that we do here is about discipleship. And so all the ways that you connect with the church that you will hear about today are ways that you get onto the discipleship pathway. We connect with God and with one another, and as we connect with God and with one another, we grow in our relationship with Jesus, as we grow in our relationships with each other, which leads to opportunities to serve God by serving others. So all of the ways that we live in Christian community together are ways that God uses to grow and develop us as followers of Jesus. And so being on the discipleship pathway together is a part of living in Christian community. And so if you want to hear more about that, you can come and see me over in the fireside room, and we'll talk about Fourth Tuesdays and the discipleship pathway. But those are things that we're committed to as a staff and leadership team to being on that journey together and to inviting you to join us there. Also then, we are going to have these clear ministry team initiatives that we will be sharing with you how if you're ready to plug in and you want to participate, you can see very clear opportunities how you can do that, uh, which then also will roll into our regular or congregational celebrations where we'll talk about all the ways that God is blessing us. Catching my breath here. Whew, there's so many exciting things. So beginning in October... We'll be jumping into a sermon series that I'm excited about doing. I think it might be uh, 
interestingly relevant for our time as we explore perhaps what it might look like to live ourselves in exile, uh, but we're going to be doing an Old Testament study of the book of Daniel. Um, if you know the story of Daniel, and we're going to talk more about this as part of the series, but you might recall that King Nebuchadnezzar was having a bad dream. And he wanted his wise men, his satraps... Uh-oh. We have a handheld... Check, 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 test, test. Oh, we're back. All right. King Nebuchadnezzar. We're back with the king. He had a bad dream, right? He wanted his uh, wise men, his uh, lawyers, his uh, satraps, and all these different names he had for his wise men to uh, interpret his dream for him. And they're like, oh, sure, king, we'll, we'll tell you the interpretation of the dream. He goes, well, wait, 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 before you do that, Tell me the dream, and then tell me the interpretation, because if you can't tell me what the dream was, I'm not sure I can entrust your interpretation, right? And they're like, oh, king, come on. Nobody can do that. Oh, king, what you ask, no man can do. And he's like, well, you know, you, know, you got to tell me the dream, or I'm not going to trust you. And they're like, no, 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 king, nobody can do that. That's ridiculous. He's like, listen, either you tell me the dream, or it's going to be off with your heads, right? You're all dead. And they're like, oh boy, boy, uh, what do we do? And so one guy goes, oh, wait, wait, King, King, there's this guy, Daniel. <laughs> and so, oh, well, quick, go get Daniel. So Daniel comes, and of course, Daniel says, same thing, right? Oh, King, what you ask, no man can do, but my God can do. And of course, then he interpret, or tells him what the dream is and gives him the interpretation, uh, but Daniel gives the credit to God. And I have this buddy of mine back in Phoenix years ago, and he shared this story with me, and he said, Kurt, I, I think too often we in the church are like uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, trying to do ministry like his satraps, his lawyers, and, and, and we're trying to do ministry with all of our human strength and wisdom when all the while what we need is what no man can do. He said, too often, I, I think we forget that the story of the New Testament, when you have uh, uh, Peter and John, and they're worshiping, and they're on the way to the temple, right? And there's this guy begging outside the street, and it says that every day, this, this poor crippled guy was taken to the gate and put outside the gate to beg for money, because that's all he could do, because he couldn't hold down a job, and he couldn't support himself. And then in Acts 3, verse 3, it says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter on their way to the temple, he asked them for money. And verse 4 says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man got up and walked. And my friend said, Kurt, I, I think too often we're trying to do ministry with our silver and gold when all the while what people are in so desperate need of is what no man can do. And the very thing that God has given us through the power of his spirit is the miraculous ability to overcome their brokenness and the healing that only Jesus can do. And yet we're holding on the very thing that, that God has given us to heal the brokenness of the nations because we're trying to do ministry in our own strength and our own wisdom. 
And brothers and sisters, I think in order to to get back to that experience of church and to open the doors of the kingdom of God in this place, to some extent, I think we need to get over ourselves. We need to get back to the humbleness and the humility of coming together and praying for the Spirit to, to move among us and to commit ourselves to one another again, to say, do we really want this church to be a place where the Holy Spirit moves and where people find repentance and healing and that the kingdom of God can break out again? Is it really less about us and more about God? I believe God is calling us to come together in new ways and in more significant ways and in more intentional ways. And maybe that means we need to be less busy and more intentional. I believe God is calling us in the year ahead to experience what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. And I invite you to join us here at Faith Covenant Church. Because I believe this year is going to be beyond belief. Amen? If you're humaning a table at the Connect Fest, I want to invite you to go ahead and go now and prepare your lunch so you can eat and be at your table when people come. I want to invite the worship team to come and prepare to lead us in our song of response. I apologize. Well, I can't apologize to those at home because they won't hear me because my mic is out. But you in the room can still hear me. So... and prepare to worship. God, we thank you that you are a God who never stays quiet. You always speak. You always draw us out of ourselves and into the newness of life in you. And as we enter into this new season of life in ministry, God, we pray that you will lead us beyond the limitations of our own beliefs that you'll open us to believe that your power and your love can take us beyond what we might have hoped for or even imagined was possible for us as individuals, for us as couples, for our families. God, as we begin to imagine a new and a possible future for Faith Covenant Church, would you help us to get beyond ourselves and to humble ourselves to the possibility that you're calling us to experience maybe something different and powerful and maybe new. Maybe that we hadn't planned or hadn't expected and isn't something that even comes from us, but is something that you're willing to reveal in your time and in your way if we're simply willing to open ourselves to receive what you have planned through your spirit as a gift to us, if we're willing to be used by you, not for our glory, but for yours. Move among us, wash us clean, set us free to be your people in this place and wherever you would call us to go. It's in Jesus' name we pray.